and kept at him as he put it, in the hope of his going back to teach school at East Leith. He developed slowly, as the scientific mind generally does, and was still adrift about himself and his tendencies when Archie took him down to Buzzard's Bay. But he had read Lanfear's Utility and Variation, and had always been a patient and curious observer of nature, and his first meeting with Lanfear explained him to himself. It didn't, however, enable him to explain himself to others, and for a long time he remained, to all but Lanfear, an object of incredulity and conjecture. Why my husband wants him about, poor Mrs. Lanfear, the kindest of women, privately lamented to her friends, for Dredge at that time, they kept him all summer at the bungalow, had one of the most encumbering personalities you can imagine. He was as inexpressive as he is today, and yet oddly obtrusive, one of those uncomfortable presences whose silence is an interruption. The poor Lanfears almost died of him that summer, and the pity of it was that he never suspected it, but continued to lavish on them a floundering devotion as uncomfortable as the endearments of a dripping dog, all out of gratitude for the professor's kindness. He was full in those days of raw enthusiasms, which he forced on anyone who would listen when his first shyness had worn off. You can't picture him spouting sentimental poetry, can you? Yet I've seen him petrify a whole group of Mrs. Lanfear's callers by suddenly discharging on them, in the strident drawl of Western New York, Barbara Fricci, or the Queen of May. His taste in literature was uniformly bad but very definite, and far more assertive than his view on biological questions. In his scientific judgments, he showed, even then, a remarkable temperance, a precocious openness to the opposite view. But in literature, he was a furious propagandist, aggressive, disputatious, and extremely sensitive to adverse opinion. Lanfear, of course, had been struck from the first by his gift of accurate observation and by the fact that his eagerness to learn was offset by his reluctance to conclude. I remember Lanfears telling me that he had never known a lad of Dredge's age who gave such promise of uniting an aptitude for general ideas with the plodding patience of the accumulator of facts. Of course, when Lanfear talked like that of a young biologist, his fate was sealed. There could be no question of Dredge's going back to teach school at East Leith. He must take a course in biology at Columbia, spend his vacations at the Woods Hole Laboratory, and then, if possible, go to Germany for a year or two. All this meant his virtual adoption by the Landfears. Most of Landfears' fortune went in helping young students to a start, and he devoted his heaviest subsidies to Dredge. Dredge will be my biggest dividend, you'll see, he used to say, in the chrysalis days when poor Gullen was known to the world of science only as a perpetual slouching presence in Mrs. Lanfear's drawing room. And Dredge, it must be said, took his obligations simply with that kind of personal dignity, the quiet sense of his own worth, which in such cases saves the beneficiary from abjectness. He seemed to trust himself as fully as Lanfear trusted him. The comic part of it was that his only idea of making what is known as a return was to devote himself to the professor's family. 
When I hear pretty women lamenting that they can't coax Professor Dredge out of his laboratory, I remember Mabel Lanfear's cry to me. If Gallon would only keep away. When Mabel fell on her ice and broke her leg, Gallon walked seven miles in a blizzard to get a surgeon. But if he did her this service one day in the year, he bored her by being in the way for the other 364. One would have imagined at that time that he thought his perpetual presence the greatest gift he could bestow, for except on the occasion of his fetching the surgeon, I don't remember his taking any other way of expressing his gratitude. In love with Mabel? Not a bit. But the queer thing was that he did have a passion in those days, a blind, hopeless passion for Mrs. Lanfear. Yes, I know what I'm saying. I mean Mrs. Lanfear, the professor's wife.